You are listening to the Sermon Podcast for Triumph Lutheran Brethren Church. Our vision is to see the life and message of Jesus transform hearts, homes, and cities. Wherever you are, our prayer is that God would meet you and that the life and message of Jesus would transform your life. To find more resources, go to triumphlbc.org. Well, good morning. Hey, if we haven't met before, uh, my name is Doug, one of the pastors on staff here today. I'm grateful to be able to share the word with you today. And I just, uh, I'm going to let you know that the sermon today is going to be extraordinary. They laughed at the first service too. Uh, maybe it's because I should have, I mispronounced, sorry, I said that too fast. What I meant to say was that it's going to be extraordinary. That's what I meant to say. Today's going to be a very ordinary sermon. Uh, nothing flashy about it, nothing uh, maybe that'll even catch your attention. Good chance you may not remember much as you leave, perhaps because it's just ordinary. And here's why. Today we're going to talk about the Lord of the ordinary. Now often when we, when we preach, you, you may have noticed this, we tend to preach to the extremes of life. Have you noticed this? I, I don't know if you've noticed it or not, but what we'll do is we'll we preach to the, to the highest of heights and when, when we're overjoyed and, and we have excitement in life and when we preach to the moments in life in which we are struggling and, and despair has set in. And there's a reason for that because God speaks to us at both of those locations. He speaks to the heights and he speaks to the depths. Jesus speaks to the depths, the moments of when a diagnosis comes, the moment of, of a sudden or, or maybe even a long-term death of one that you love. He, he speaks to a spouse that leaves us, a child who doesn't return our phone call. He speaks to a struggle with mental health, whether that be despair, depression, depression or self-worth. Jesus speaks. And so we preach to the depths and the darkness of our life. But he also speaks to the heights, right? He, he's the God who, who speaks when hearts are changed, reconciliation occurs, new faith begins. He, he speaks to the moments when you're gathered with your family. And as you're gathered with the family, you just can't help but pause and look around and go, God is so good. He speaks to the heights. And so we preach to the heights. But here's the deal. Most of us live most of our life not at the height and not at the depth, but right in the middle. Don't we? We kind of live our life right in the middle. It's not good for us to bounce from the extreme highs to the depths and back again. We live in the middle. We live in what could probably be described as ordinary life. It's the routines of, of your week. Your days look maybe very similar. You follow the same patterns every day. Alarm goes off. You get your cup of coffee. You put the dog out. You get the kids up. You get the kids out. Then you head to work and you plow through your day. You may just throw in a lunch work, a work lunch, just to spice things up a bit. And then you come home. 
and it's supper and homework and showers and baths and bedtime and maybe falling asleep beside your, bed, uh, beside your kid laying on their bed for a little bit too long so you catch too much of a power nap that when you wake up, all you want to do is go to bed yourself, hypothetically speaking. It's an ordinary life. And guess what happens tomorrow? Same thing all over again. Here's what I love about our text for this week. Yes, in our text today, we're going to see a, a miraculous catch of fish, God working a miracle. But we're going to see that Jesus is Lord of the ordinary. The everyday life, he's there. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to go to John chapter 21. I encourage you to open them up. So we're in a series called Now What? And, and the thought of this is, is we're on the other side of the resurrection of Jesus. The tomb is empty. He's come out. And, and the disciples are asking themselves, well, now what? Right? The Holy Spirit hasn't come at Pentecost. They haven't been sent out yet. They're just kind of in this limbo period asking themselves, now what? And we see Jesus appearing to his disciples and speaking to them. So today, he appears to them in Galilee. All right, so if you have your Bibles, here we go, John chapter 21, beginning at verse one. Afterward, Jesus appeared again to the disciples by the Sea of Galilee. Uh, it happened in this way. Simon, Peter, Thomas, also, called, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Gan uh, Canaan and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish. Simon Peter told them, and they said, we'll go with you. Riveting, isn't it? So they went out, and they got in a boat. But that night, they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they replied. He said, Throw your net on the right side of the boat and you'll find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. And as soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him for he had taken it off and he jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from the shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you have just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore, and it was full of large fish, 153. I don't know what the DNR limit is, but he got 153. But even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have some breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? For they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. Ordinary people doing ordinary things. That's what this is. This ordinary, now I know, okay, Peter and John are mentioned and probably for many of us, they're not exactly ordinary. 
But let's go beyond them. You, you've got Nathaniel. Well, he gets little to no billing anywhere in the New Testament. You don't hear much about Nathaniel. And then two of them, they're not even named. They're so ordinary, we don't even know who they are. There's just two more. Ordinary people going fishing. Now, I don't know why they decided to go fishing. I don't know if this was just a, what do you want to do tonight? I don't know. What do you want to do tonight? Want to go fishing? Sure. I don't know if it was one of those moments or these guys are professional commercial fishermen. Maybe it was one of those moments where it's like, you know, uh, I don't know what's next, but we should probably go make some money. Let's go fishing. Let's see what we can bring in and get to market. But either way, a very ordinary evening, as Peter said, I'm going fishing. Ordinary people doing ordinary things. And then at the end of our story, they have breakfast. I know, right? Breakfast. What did you have for breakfast? I had oatmeal. Cereal. I had oatmeal. All right? Mine was instant oatmeal. Apples and cinnamon. From my office, because I got here early and didn't have time to eat breakfast before I left. How ordinary is this? Seven guys going fishing, and at the end of the story, they sit and have breakfast. What we're going to see as we look at this text and what we saw as we read it is that Jesus is the Lord of the ordinary. He shows us in three ways. There are three things I saw Jesus do that I want us to, to notice this morning. Number one, number one is that he was with them in the midst of the ordinary. Now, one of the things that he had told them, he, he told them this uh, early on after his resurrection. Uh, he had said, go ahead of me into Galilee. So I want you to go and I want you to, I'll meet you in Galilee. So the disciples go to Galilee. Jesus is already there. He is already there. They don't know it yet, but he's already in Galilee. And then he appears. He shows up on the shoreline. He, he makes himself known. When they're fishing, he shows up. And they don't recognize him. Now, before we take shots at the disciples for not recognizing Jesus, let's remember they're 100 yards away. They're a football field's length away from this guy. It's early in the morning, and it's not like they were expecting Jesus and they were waiting for his arrival. Right? You guys know what it's like, kids. You remember what it's like to be looking out the window waiting for grandma and grandpa to show up. Yes. You know what that's like. That's not what the disciples are doing. Because when grandma and grandpa pull up, you do not mistake that red Oldsmobile for anything else. Plus, it's a red Oldsmobile, so you know what grandma and grandpa had, they'd be in it. You don't mistake that. You understand because you're waiting. The disciples, they aren't waiting. They're just doing life. And Jesus shows up and they don't recognize him. But it's interesting because, because John uses a word, it's translated for us as appeared. John uses it just a little over 15 times in his writing. And every time John uses that word, it's in conjunction with 
the self-disclosure of Jesus to mankind. He wanted to be seen, and so he was. He appeared to them. Jesus came and showed himself at the exact time he wanted them to recognize him. In the everyday ordinary, Jesus is with us. We especially talk about this and we know this when we're, when we're dealing with the frustrations and the struggles and the difficulties of life because we need to be reminded that he's with us. But it's the same reminder that he's with us in the ordinary. Because in the ruts of life and in the same routines that we follow every single day, Jesus is still there. You know, I wonder, sometimes I do this when I read the text, I kind of wonder what happened that didn't get written down. Because so much more happened than what actually got written down. Like one question I have is, how long was Jesus there and they didn't know it? Like, was he watching them all night long? Was he watching from the shore? Was he walking on the water again? But just out of eye shot? Until that moment that he wanted them to know. Even in the ordinary, Jesus is with us. And he also provides for them. It isn't just his presence, which is great, but he also provides. Like he, he does something for them, both in their kind of their frustration moments and a joy moments. We have this little kind of up and down roller coaster even within the ordinary of fishing. They were fishing all night. How'd their live well look all night? <laughs> nothing. Now, I have been fishing for hours and caught nothing. Now, I don't know what I'm doing, but still, it's frustrating when you are out all night and these guys are professionals. This is what they do. They know what they're doing. They've got nothing. They've got nothing. And I can't imagine what the conversation was like in that boat as the night wore on. And the net went out and came back empty. And went out and came back empty. Maybe Peter was the first to speak up. Probably, because that's Peter. Peter's got all his stuff he's dealing with. He's denied Jesus. Jesus is back. What am I going to do with all this? And maybe, just maybe, Peter's sitting there going, man, I can't even get this right. I used to know how to do this. I can't even do this now. Maybe John is sitting there just a little bit uh, more uh, contemplative, wondering to himself and maybe even out loud, man, I wonder what, what's God's will for us now? What are, we, what are we supposed to do? And then one of the unnamed snarky ones said, clearly not fish. <laughs> what was the conversation like inside that boat all night long? Until they hear the voice in the morning. The voice that says, put your nets on the other side. Put them on the right side. And there's fish. 
Now, I, I don't know if, if Jesus just saw something that they couldn't see as they're doing the normal rhythms of life and as they're doing the ordinary thing of fishing that they just couldn't see something that Jesus was able to see. I don't know if he did some sort of a miraculous movement of all of the fish to the exact same spot that they needed to be. Maybe it's a combination of both, but Jesus provides for them in that frustration moment in the ordinary of fishing. And then the frustration moment, it just, it just fades away and it moves to joy and excitement because they realize it's Jesus. Peter dives in the water, swims the 100 yards to shore, leaving everybody else to do all the work. So they're, they're pulling in the nets and they're bringing it in the shore. And as soon as they get to the shore, they come running to Jesus. And what do they see? A fire. They see something as ordinary as a campfire. Just out of curiosity, anybody fire up the, uh, the backyard fire pits over the weekend? Oh man, my hair smelled nasty for two days and it was awesome. Walked up and they find a campfire. And on that campfire was fish and bread sitting there. Breakfast. Jesus has breakfast waiting for them. He provides them with food after this frustrating, fruitless night. There, Jesus provides. And I just notice how an, this awestruck wonder comes over the disciples. No one dares ask who he is. They just, they just sit there. in the presence of Jesus, eating breakfast. Have you ever been surprised by the provision of God? Just out of the blue, you weren't expecting it. Maybe you needed it, maybe you didn't need it, and God just, in his graciousness, gave you anyway. But he provided and maybe even in that provision, you didn't even know it was from him until you looked back days later and went, oh, that was God doing that. You don't even realize the provision that he's given. In the everyday ordinary, Jesus providing. One last thing. This one, this one wasn't maybe as necessary to meet their needs but to give them purpose. Jesus invites them. Now, uh, let me read for you. One of the things I've been doing is I was looking for the profound words of Jesus. So uh, let me read you all the things that Jesus said in this account. Are you ready? Friends, haven't you any fish? Throw your net on the right side of the boat and you'll find some. Bring some of the fish you've just caught. Come and have breakfast. Well, that's not very profound, is it? And yet, his last two statements are statements of invitation. One of them, come and have breakfast. In just a few days, these disciples are going to be sent out. And they're going to go from ordinary life to extraordinary life in a quick hurry. 
They're going to change the world as they bring the message of Jesus Christ, and it's just going to sweep, and they're going to struggle for it, and they're going to see celebrations for it. It's going to be an amazing call. By the way, the same call that you and I have as disciples of Jesus. But before he sends them out, he says, Come and have some breakfast. Come and sit. Come and just be with me. So they sit there in the quiet and they eat. And they also had the other invitation, one other invitation that Jesus extended. And it was bring me some of the fish that you have caught. Okay, this one I found a little weird at first. Here's why. This is the test to see if you're listening, if you've been paying attention. They arrive on shore. They find a campfire. They find bread. And they find fishies. Wait. So Jesus already has fish on the fire. And he says to them, Go and get some of the fish you have just caught. Was Jesus just a bit short? Like, was he assuming there's only four people in the boat? When he found out there were seven, he realized he didn't have enough food? Did he hit the limit of his miraculous breakfast fish that he just magically created? Or did Jesus invite his disciples participate in what it is that he's doing. He didn't need them. They, they had done it on their own. He, he, had, he had already done it. Everything was done. He didn't need them, and yet he says, come and be a part of this. Go get the fish. So Peter runs off, counts all 153 of them, grabs the two best ones, the three best ones, fillets them up and brings them back. They're invited to participate in the thing that Jesus is doing. I also find it rather interesting that they are participating and giving the very thing that God has already given them. But we'll leave that for another day. Jesus shows himself that he is Lord of the ordinary. Because ordinary people doing ordinary things are in the presence of Jesus whether they know it or not. Ordinary people doing ordinary things receive a provision from him. And ordinary people doing ordinary things receive an invitation to join an extraordinary person doing extraordinary things. Jesus is the Lord of the ordinary. Let's pray. Heavenly Father God, thank you for who you are. Lord, we thank you that in the ordinary things of life, like walking the dog or filing the paperwork, sitting on the blanket at the soccer game, that God, in the ordinary, you are still Lord. Lord, we thank you for all that you have provided for us.
all of your presence in those moments of invitation. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, I'm Pastor Doug. I just want to take a minute and to say thank you for downloading or streaming this content today. We at Triumph pray that it will transform your heart and draw you closer to Jesus Christ. I have three quick thoughts that I just want to share with you, and it'll, it'll only take a minute. First, we'd love to connect with you. If you'd be willing, visit our website at triumphlbc.org connect and let us know how we can reach out to you. Or you can visit triumphlbc.org events to find an activity that you could jump into. Second, we hope that you see this content as supplementary in your walk with Jesus. Our, our digital content isn't really designed to be a replacement for belonging and engaging with a gospel community, whether that's here at Triumph or another church. And third, we invest a lot into producing this content and it's used to bless people like you and others all over our community. If this or really any of our other resources that you find online have been a blessing to you, would you consider giving? It's because of your generosity that we're able to continue creating and serving online. Thanks again and may the Lord bless you.